We know Jesus could return soon. Pastor Ray Bentley says maybe sooner than we think. The Lord may appear unannounced at any moment. Quite honestly, the Lord Jesus could come tonight. If the Lord were to come tonight, then why on earth do I need to worry about all my material possessions? What importance is there to all material things that are left here upon the earth? Nothing. What do I have to worry about? Nothing. Spread the news of His people coming down before the King. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming. Join the song. Sing along. Let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Have invited guests ever arrived early when you weren't quite ready for them? It's a mad dash to put away the vacuum cleaner or the dusting mitt or the unfolded laundry. Well, Jesus could arrive any time and we need to be ready for him. Some insight on that today from Pastor Ray. Here he is to begin our message. Well, we begin uh, tonight now in Luke chapter 12, verse 13. And it says, Then one of the crowd said to him, to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. So what's going on here? Jesus has uh, been teaching, he's been discipling, and he is obviously a rabbi. Rabbi simply means a teacher, Jewish teacher. Rabbis were often called upon to settle legal matters. And so someone came to Jesus as a teacher and as a rabbi with a legal matter. And he says, hey, I've got a dispute with this guy and I want you to weigh in on it, and I want you, Rabbi, to settle the matter. And notice Jesus' response. He wouldn't get involved. Why? Because Jesus knew that there was no answer that would solve their problem. No matter how you divided, uh, whatever that settlement was going to be, some, even if it was divided perfectly or evenly, somebody was gonna say, that's not fair, I should have had more. And uh, so the problem, Jesus now begins talking about covetousness because that was the root of the problem. The real problem was not settling this legal matter. There was no solution legally to satisfy the guy that was asking. Jesus said, what you have is a heart problem. And your heart problem is your wants your, and your covetousness. You want more, or maybe sometimes people want more, not for the material things, but for a little slice of revenge thrown in. Some people want the matter settled so they can prove that I was right and you were wrong. There can be all kinds of motives in that. But Jesus goes to the heart of the issue and he nails a real problem. And I want you to look again at verse 15. He said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Jesus said elsewhere, what does it profit a man, let alone a woman, if in your covetousness you gained the whole world 
and then lose your own soul. Well, that's kind of what Jesus is talking about. Now he begins to give a parable to reveal covetousness. In verse 16, then he spoke a parable to them. So now he addresses not only this guy who has a question about, you know, some material possession, he wanted a legal matter settled, and everybody was eavesdropping. And so now Jesus tells the whole crowd that we're listening a parable. Listen to this parable, verse 16. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, now what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I know what I'll do, I'll do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. In other words, he's gonna break down what he now has and expand and enlarge to make room for more storage of more possessions, the more abundance. His whole life, his whole thinking, his whole emotions, his whole drive are about having more, bigger barns, more full of all these things. Verse 19, Jesus says, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? And so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Jesus gives a very revealing insight here. First of all, he gives the man's opinion of himself. What's the man's opinion of himself? Man, I'm pretty cool. I've got it made. <laughs> Look how successful I am. In fact, my problem is I gotta tear down everything I've built up, make room and make bigger barns, bigger business, bigger room, greater capacity for more stuff, more possessions. His own opinion of himself was, I am successful, I've got it made. Now, what's God's opinion of him? And it's not in anger. I think, you know, you have to hear the tone of voice uh, from the Holy Spirit when you read scripture. I don't think God's angry at him. I think it's more grief. Oh, what a fool. What a waste. What a wasted life. Because in the pursuit of those things, notice what the man did not mention. He didn't mention a wife. He didn't mention children. He didn't mention one single human contact, not one other relationship. It was all about him alone and inanimate objects, things that you could count and you could place in some big old barn. And God's attitude of that kind of a man is what a waste. What a waste of a life. What a waste of being made in my image. What a waste of pursuits. You have all these big barns. Your whole life was consumed with that. You never lived. You never talked to me. You didn't know me or my plans for you, let alone where, where was this man's family? We don't know. And, and the other thing is, that this man, it says that he said in his mind, these things I will do, but notice in the parable, he never arrived at that point. 
He says, when I do this, and when I make the bigger barns and I have more stuff, then I will take my ease. Notice he dies before he ever reached his goal. And how many times, that's covetousness. You never, when you are covetous, you never have enough. So you never do relax. You never do take it your ease. You never do enjoy even all those things. So if you never enjoy the things, all you're left with is you and your covetousness. What a fool. The moral of the story is you will always die before you arrive at a place where you have enough. Well, now Jesus goes on to talk about worry, which is another problem. He says in verse 22, he says, then he said to his disciples, therefore, I say to you, now that we've dealt with covetousness, Now I'm going to talk to you guys who have chosen to follow me. And you've decided, okay, I do want a relationship with the Lord and I'm following you, Jesus. So what do we need to hear? Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them, of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. He's talking here about sowing, because, you know, you're, you're, by spinning, you make, you know, things and, and quilts or whatever. He goes, but look at the lilies. They don't toil and they don't even spin. And yet look how beautifully they are arrayed. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these wild flowers. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you O you of little faith. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. And it's interesting that Jesus would use the analogy of ravens. Ravens, if you've read the Old Testament, you would know are unclean birds. And he says that, that ravens, uh, they, cannot, they can't sow and reap. Let's say there are some in the animal kingdom that can make their food and make provisions and so forth. Ravens, they can't do anything. They're not farmers, they can't sow seeds and they can't reap later on. They, they have to scavenge. And they're called, for that very reason, uh, uh, unclean birds. And yet Jesus takes note of them and mentions them, and he says, even these birds that are kind of the garbage cleaners of nature, yet your Father in heaven makes sure there's enough for them scavenging to eat. If God your Father is able to take care of unclean birds that can neither sow nor reap, how much more is your Father able to take care of a man or a woman who God has given the capacity to actually plant seeds and harvest crops? Cannot God take care of you who are made in His own image and after His own likeness? Worry blinds us to how God cares for His creation. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. 
So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. Pastor Ray was such a devoted servant of the Most High God and is now in the presence of his best friend and Savior, Jesus Christ. He ran the race and finished the course set before him. My love to the Bentley family and to Maranatha Ministries. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website, www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now verse 32, he says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in, in the heavens that does not fall, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Making God's kingdom your treasures, you know, not, not having everything in material possessions, but just walking with your Father and trusting in the Lord and and you're really building relationships and you're, you're building friendships and you're building those relationships that are gonna be adding into the riches of, of heaven itself. Beautiful teaching. Now we close with this in verses 35 through 40. Faithful servant. Jesus says, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master. He's talking about how to live, the attitude with which we're to live. He goes, this is how you're to live. There's many analogies. Life is, you could say life is like a race and you need to run with patience or life is like a battle or a war and you need to be prepared and have your armor on. Well, this is another attitude of life. Think about it. Jesus says, you be like men and women who are servants waiting for their master to come when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed, which means, oh, how happy are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch, talking about the night, and find them so. Blessed are they, or are those servants, or oh, how happy are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. And therefore you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Oh man, life is like a servant waiting for his Lord. The Lord may appear unannounced at any moment. Quite honestly, the Lord Jesus could come tonight. How many of you believe that? He could come, there's no other warnings, there's no other prophecies they're waiting for. He could come in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, like a thief in the night. And do you, do you follow the progression here? We are to live like the servants of our master waiting for him to come and the wedding to begin. And it could happen any day. It could happen 
every day. If the Lord were to come tonight, and it could be that the Lord will come tonight, then why on earth do I need to worry about all my material possessions? Why why would I waste the energy today on all my material possessions or trying to acquire more if I could be gone like in a moment as he comes like a thief in the night? In other words, Jesus says, don't live, this is a philosophy of an attitude of life, don't live each day worrying about the future, worrying about tomorrow, especially material things. Live every day as if the Lord might come today. And if the Lord comes today, then what importance is there to all material things that are left here upon the earth? Nothing. What do I have to worry about? Nothing. Verse 36 again, are you ready to answer the door? He says, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may be open to him or they may open to him immediately. This is how we should live. Not a lot of unfinished business. You do not want to say when the Lord comes, oh, no, 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 don't come now. I've got to, you know, I've got unfinished business. I got things I got to take care of. I got things I got to do. I got things in my life I got to clean up. No. Lord, I commit myself to you. He may come before morning. And that's the way the Lord wants us to live. It creates a greater urgency then in everything I do because this may be my last opportunity to worship and love the Lord Jesus Christ. If the Lord did come tomorrow morning, how many are glad the last thing you did on this day was go to church at Maranatha Chapel? Today may be your last opportunity to serve the Lord. Today may be your last opportunity to share with a friend love of Christ. Today may be your last opportunity to store up treasures in heaven by building relationships instead of acquiring material possessions. So as your concept of life is as a servant waiting for his Lord, it has a lot to do with our lives just living one day at a time. And, and it has a lot to do with wanting to be pure and ready for him. First John chapter 3 verse 2 is in your notes. Let's read that scripture out loud together. Beloved, Now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And then look at verse 37. I just, this blows my mind. Totally, I can't even conceive of this. Jesus says, blessed are, oh, how happy are those servants whom the master, when he comes, finds watching for him. Assuredly, I say to you that he, the Lord, will gird himself or dress himself and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. The Lord's reward for those servants who are waiting for his return and are watching for the beginning of the marriage supper of the Lamb is that he's going to get dressed up for that special occasion as the heavenly bridegroom, and he's going to serve us. First thing that happens when the Lord comes is the wedding of the heavenly bridegroom and of the bride, and the bride is the church. And the first and the beginning thing of the marriage ceremony itself is the marriage supper of the lamb, and the bridegroom is gonna serve the bride. Why? Because he's so in love and so excited that she is finally at his side. What we have here, again in verses 38 
through 40, it says, and if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch of the night and find them so, oh, how happy are those servants. But know this, if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house broken into. And therefore you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Now I've shared this before, but for those who have not heard, I want you to know what's Jesus talking about. He's not talking about a normal thief breaking in to steal a lamp or something like that. He's talking about a Jewish wedding. A Jewish wedding is literally a capturing of the bride because Jewish weddings always begin in the middle of the night. The bride is in her house waiting and, that, and, and she knows that, you know, in t modern times, brides want to know where's the wedding and when's it going to be, what's the date and what time will it begin? And then she is, there she is. Jewish wedding doesn't begin like that. Jewish wedding begins when the father tells the son, okay, now you've built your bridal chamber, it's good enough, you can get your bride. And the Jewish fathers had the habit of waiting until their son was asleep in the middle of the night, exhausted, trying to cherry out the bridal home that they were gonna share. The girl is waiting and she knows that the habit of the Jewish fathers is to send the, the bridegroom in the middle of the night. And so she wants time to dress and get dressed and put on her makeup and everything. So she sleeps, has a slumber party where her girlfriends watch two by two through the watches of the night. As soon as her girlfriends hear the shouting of the bridegroom and the best man and all the young men as they go get each other in the middle of the night. It adds to the suspense and the romance and the, and, and the excitement of the night. It's, a, it's literally a snatching of the bride in the middle of the night. The, the God's a dramatic, our God's a dramatic God. He's a romantic God. And so when you hear the shouts, which you can hear quite a ways in a valley, that's how much time, hey, wake up, get your dress, put on your makeup, the wedding is beginning tonight. All these young people running through the valley, hooping and hollering and shouting. Other Jewish families, they wake up and they go, oy vey. <laughs> we know that a wedding has begun. And then it begins and the Jewish wedding lasts for seven days. Now, the new husband doesn't want to be left standing at the door with his bride when the wedding is to begin. You better be ready when that knock comes to that door to be dressed in your best and ready for the wedding to begin. That's what Jesus is talking about. In Jewish weddings, the bride is treated like a queen. The bridegroom is treated like a king. But on this day, the bridegroom will also act like a servant and literally wait upon and serve his bride, her meal, the marriage supper. We're to be watching and waiting. The word watch means to be alert, to be ready, to be not caught by surprise. This is the attitude we should have toward the second coming of Jesus Christ. He is coming as a young, handsome, heavenly, romantic bridegroom. And we know that he is going to come unannounced. We know he will come unexpectedly. We know he's probably coming at midnight or in the middle of the night. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Pastor Ray Bentley, urging us to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Good insight today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, Jesus Could Come Tonight. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com.
When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.